If you have a Bible with you, uh, let's take a look over to Isaiah chapter 28. Isaiah 28, and let's read over here in verse 11. Isaiah 28:11. It says, "For with stammering lips and another tongue, he will speak to his people." How will God speak to his people? With stammering lips and another tongue. Now, of course, this was written a long time ago, prior to the New Testament. But he was speaking prophetically about the New Testament. And uh, one reason we know that, someone said, well, that could mean anything. Well, actually, the Apostle Paul, by the Spirit, referenced this verse when he was uh, talking about and explaining speaking in tongues and the appropriate usage and so, so forth in gatherings of speaking in tongues. He referenced this. So we know this is specifically talking about what happened on the day of Pentecost, when the 120 were in the upper room, they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And then, of course, has been a part of this whole dispensation of grace or the, the time in, the, in history in which we live, which was from the resurrection of Jesus until he comes back. Amen. Okay, it, that's our time. And this is something that characterizes our day is that God speaks with stammering lips and another tongue. That's how one of the ways he speaks to us. It said, verse 12, to whom he said, this is the rest with which you may cause the weary to rest. Well, that's interesting. If you're, if you're tired, if you're weary, how will God bring rest to you? Well, it's connected to speaking with stammering lips and an unknown tongue, what we commonly just refer to in the New Testament as speaking in tongues. What does that do for you? It brings rest. I don't know about you, but sometimes I get tired. <laughs> sometimes I get worn out, sometimes just physically, but sometimes mentally, just dealing with a lot of stuff and just busy, 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 busy. Uh, how was, would the Lord like to bring rest to me? It, I mean, I think a lot of times we substitute some natural rest, and it might help to a degree. I mean, sometimes a nap is what you need. <laughs> you know what I'm, what I'm talking about. Uh, and sometimes we, we relax in other ways, and they can have a, somewhat of a, a, an effect on us in a positive way. But it's always good, I believe, to go back to the, the one who knows what we're constructed of how we operate emotionally, physically, in every way. And he said, this is a rest. How? When a person speaks in other tongues, it brings rest to their life. Maybe that's because the Bible tells us that our understanding is unfruitful, and so your mind, if you'll do this, is forced to go into quiet mode. <laughs> I mean, it's not participating, it's just listening, and it doesn't understand, so it just kind of hangs out. You know what I'm talking about? You need to give your mind a break. Amen. How? Speak in tongues. Yes. Yeah, that, that's what the Lord said here. He said, this is the refreshing. This is the refreshing. Have you ever felt like you needed refreshed? I know there's different ways in the spirit that we can be refreshed. 
times just in worship can sometimes be very refreshing. But one of the ways that the Lord designed, again, is with stammering lips and an unknown tongue, we would be refreshed. Well, what if a person is not rested and is not refreshed? Could be that they haven't been speaking in tongues. Someone said, I've never heard anything like that before in my life. <laughs> well, uh, get ready to hear some more that you've never heard. <laughs> hey, the sign that I don't know something is no sign that, it's, that there's nothing to be known. The limits of my mind are not the limits of knowledge. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> and neither is it with you. And, and the, the extent of your experience is not the extent of what's to be experienced or what can be experienced. Thank God there's more than we've known and we've seen. And there's so much in the verses we think we do know. <laughs> so much more than we've seen and known. Amen. And this is what the Lord's recipe is for rest, for refreshing in our lives. Look, look with me over at uh, Luke chapter 6. You see, we are supposed to live according to the Word of God, Ephesians 5, for example. We are supposed to live spirit-filled lives. All right? Many of us know this. We're, we're told to be filled with the Spirit. Right? And many of us know this. Many of us in here have received and have experienced the infilling of the Spirit. Separate and distinct from salvation, we were baptized in the Holy Spirit, and it was glorious. If we went around the room, we could have, hear, hear some wild stories. I mean, we'd laugh, and we'd shout, and we'd say, like, glory to God. And many of us can point to experiences in our life where we were filled with the Spirit. Uh, and it really made a difference. I mean, many people talk about how the Word of God came alive to them from that point. And, uh, and other gifts started operating in them. Some will talk about, uh, you know, how they became more bold than ever before. A lot of different uh, things that accompany uh, outside of, I mean, the speaking in tongues, which is the first thing that happens, okay? Uh, but we've got, to, we, we've got to make sure that in our lives we take advantage of what we know. The Lord has given understanding and he has giving, given giftings. And it can be tragic and greatly limiting in our lives if we know about something but don't use that something to its fullest advantage. I don't want to, with the knowledge of something, live as if I didn't have the knowledge of it. I mean, that's greatly limiting. And uh, I don't think it's honoring to the Lord. But it really becomes a big deal because we know this, that there are many, it's different than the early church. I mean, they had their issues, don't get me wrong, <laughs> in various places. But there are many in the church today who don't see yet and don't know much of what we know. It doesn't mean we're just superior Christians. I mean, it's the grace of God that we know anything. It really is. Isn't that right? And, and, and we're, not, we're not puffing ourselves up as we're all that. We're not. And other people see some things too. But concerning the Spirit-filled life, we know some things, don't we? 
concerning the Holy Spirit, the operations and moves and diversity uh, of the Holy Spirit, we have some understanding and knowledge. Not that we know it all, but we certainly, we know some things. <laughs> Amen. And, uh, and it's vital that we not treat that as unimportant or let ourselves slide back into maybe the way that we lived prior to that. Now, some of you got born again and you got filled with the Spirit right away. I mean, praise God, that's the way that it should happen. It, it really is. Every believer, they receive Jesus as Lord of their life, and they get born again. Next thing is they should get, you know, it doesn't matter the order, but they should be baptized in water, and they should be baptized in the Spirit. doesn't matter the order, but it should all happen relatively quickly. <laughs> all right? But some of us, we, we, were, we were a part of uh, different churches or denominations that didn't teach these things. All right? doesn't mean that they're evil, nothing like that, but they didn't teach the, 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 uh, the fullness of the Spirit. They didn't teach that every believer could be baptized with the Spirit and, and, and have the same experience as Acts chapter 2 and verse 4 where they, where they all spoke in other tongues. And, and, and because of that, we, we lived a, a, a number of years, or maybe for some it was decades, uh, and you were saved, you had a relationship with God, but it was kind of powerless. All right. There's many things you didn't see that, didn't, that weren't alive in you. And when you got it, when you were filled, woo, it's like you got saved again. You know what I'm talking about? I mean, you didn't. You're still, it's, you're still the same Christian. But it was like you got saved again. And everything started being exciting and alive and new. And the Word of God opened up to you. And, and it's just, just an amazing, uh, it's like you walked into a new room. And there, all this stuff was here all this time. Wow. I mean, you were in the house, but you found out there was another room. <laughs> you thought being saved was a one-room condo, <laughs> studio, <laughs> apartment. No, there's lots of rooms, <laughs> and, and there's more to our salvation and what's available to us, Amen. all right? But because we know that, you know, you've been to the kitchen, <laughs> you've been to the bedroom, you've been to the, the family room, don't just hang out in the foyer. <laughs> you've been around, don't just drift back and allow yourself to live even for a day, allow yourself to live just in that limited aspect of the knowledge of God and His kingdom. Spread out. I know this, and I don't mean to set myself up as, as I've seen all and know all. I don't, and I've, you know, missed it in various things. Thank God for His mercy and grace. But when I got baptized in the Holy Spirit as a teenager... Uh, there was, well, I can't tell you about those first few years just because I don't remember. But I can tell you over, how old am I now? <laughs> but probably over the last 25 years, there's never been a day where I didn't speak in tongues. Never. I just don't know what that's like. I, it's hard for me to imagine life before that. Now, I don't mean every day I spend hours. But, I mean, sometime. Probably would have benefited at times from spending more time. You know what I'm saying? But I just don't know what it's like just to hang out in the foyer. <laughs> I've moved on and I've seen other things. And I may walk through there, but, you know, I'm staying out here. And, and, and there's more, more to see. 
Because when a person receives this, the fullness of the spirit realm opens up to them. You're now in position for other gifts of the spirit to operate through you. Amen. I don't mean like it's a menu and you're just going to pick your gifts. But while you're out there, you'll, the Lord wants to use you in different areas. I told you to look over here at Luke. Luke 6. Look at verse 38. It says, give and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over. It will be put into your bosom. Here's, here's what I want to get to. For with the, the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. The same measure that you use, everybody say use, use. it will be measured back to you. What I get depends on what I use. My usage of what I have is relative to how much more I will have. Look at uh, Mark chapter 4. Mark 4, verse 24. Then he said to them, Take heed what you hear. Does it matter what you listen to? Absolutely. It matters more what you listen to than it does what you eat. (laughs) People who are only aware of the natural side of life, the physical side, they'll put huge emphasis on physical things. And I'm not saying it's totally irrelevant. But with those of us who know about spiritual things, we need to put more emphasis there. More emphasis belongs on what concepts and ideas and words I allow into my life and into my heart. Amen. He said, with the same measure you what? You use, it will be measured to you. The same measure I what? I use. And to you who hear, more will be given. Isn't that interesting? To you who hear, more will be given. I don't know about you, but that makes me want to hear. (laughs) If I hear something, I can put that into use. In verse 25, for whoever has... To him, more will be given. If I have something, well, how can I have something? By taking heed to what I hear. If I hear something, then I can use something. I can have something. And if I have something, he'll give me more. I know a lot of people don't understand this. It almost sounds, I don't know. Sure doesn't sound like our country these days, huh? (laughs) (laughs) because that goes to him who doesn't have shall we give more and if someone thinks that sounds that sounds mean or incompassionate you don't know god you don't uh, when i say that you don't know the way he thinks all right there there's understanding that we can get okay for whoever has to him more will be given but whoever does not have even what he has will be taken away from him So I want to make sure that I am in a position where I can receive, I can hear, 
Because if I have, then I'm going to get more. But if I don't use what I have, then I'm going to lose what I have. Now, don't take this to the point that if someone's saved, they're going to lose their salvation. That's not what Jesus is teaching. Not teaching that the Holy Spirit comes and goes from people. Okay? But our ability to yield to the Spirit, our understanding of, uh, of what He's saying and doing and moving through our lives in is greatly related to how much we give ourselves to that. How much we use and how much we listen, how much we hear. That puts us in a position to go higher and higher and higher and higher. Do you know it's true that some Christians progress more and more and more and more in their walk with God and they get sharper, they get more discerning, they get more mature, they get used of Him more and others stay the same or kind of drift down, 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 down simply because they're not hearing. They're not using what they're getting, and therefore their ears grow dull. Therefore they become insensitive, and God wants to move in their life, but they're going down and down and down instead of up and up and up. Amen. When you and I know about something, and what we're talking about specifically here tonight is the Spirit-filled life. It is yielding to the Spirit. It, is, it becomes essential, not to, not to determine God's love for us or anything of that nature, but it becomes essential if we want to move on and experience and more and not lose where we're at and go down that we've got to put into practice, put into motion these gifts regularly in our lives. Oh, and the benefits are huge. They really are. Let's go over to 1 Corinthians 14. The benefits are tremendous to living the Spirit-filled life and to yielding ourselves to the Holy Spirit. And in this particular way, many areas, but this particular way of speaking in tongues. Now, again, I know that many of us grew up and, uh, and we went to church and they didn't touch 1 Corinthians 14. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I mean, that was dangerous ground. I mean, there's a lot of questions in there, you know. I remember hearing this. You remember little Jimmy who walked uh, into the church one day, and uh, and and he just had uh, just the covers of his Bible, and, and he saw the pastor, and the pastor there said, "Good morning, Jimmy," and uh, and the pastor noticed. He said, "Well, what's wrong with your Bible? It seems you only have the covers." And little Jimmy said, "Well, pastor, every time you said something wasn't for today, I took that page out." <laughs> and this is all I have left. <laughs> all right, I made that up. Well, I heard it from someone else who made that up. Uh, but I realize some of these things aren't, uh, many times people don't understand. But you either do, and we need to get stirred up, hear some things so we can increase more and more. Or maybe it's new to you. Maybe a service like this is is different and it's new to you give your ear to the things of God Jesus said he who has ears to hear let him hear what the spirit says and watch your life be transformed it'll be a it'll be a new pathway for you you'll begin to walk in things you've never seen before oh you'll be so glad you did <laughs> amen it'll be like a breath of fresh air it'll be like refreshing it'll be like cool water in the middle of a desert 
you thought you were having a good time, thought you were saved. <laughs> well, I'm not saying you're not, but, <laughs> you know, you thought you were just really having a great relationship with God, and you'll find out, you'll look back and think, I can't even believe I did that for so long. There is so much more. It's so much better. Let's take a look and just read some of these verses here. Uh, 14.1, pursue love and desire spiritual gifts. See that word? That's a directive, isn't it? We are supposed to pursue love and desire spiritual gifts. Do you desire spiritual gifts? It's, it's scriptural that we do so. Yeah, I think it's probably one of the keys to things happening in our, in our lives and, and through us and, and in our midst is we want it to. Remember, Jesus said in Matthew 5, uh, those who hunger and thirst after righteousness shall be filled. Something to do with hunger puts a draw upon what God has. Here he said, desire spiritual gifts, but especially that you may prophesy. What should you want to do? Prophesy. Should you want to prophesy? Yeah, every one of us should want to prophesy. That simply means to speak by inspiration. And he says that in a minute here. But at verse 2, For he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men but to God. Now understand what he's talking about here. And in this chapter, he's explaining, at least in this part uh, and, and a number of verses, the benefit of speaking in a known tongue over speaking in an unknown tongue. Okay? But in the midst of him doing that, we get the benefit of a lot of understanding and we see the benefits of speaking in an unknown tongue as well. He's just basically explaining how when you get in a public assembly, you need to say things that people understand. You know what I'm saying? In other words, it wouldn't do me a whole lot of good if I just stood up here for, uh, for a half hour and just started speaking in tongues to you. And I looked you all in the eye. You know, just like I was preaching, you know. And I went around, and I spoke in tongues, and I spoke in tongues. And I got loud, and I got quiet. And I spoke in tongues. I mean, no, we'd all go home and think, what was that about? If, so, if someone said to you, what was the sermon about? <laughs> You'd legitimately be able to say, I don't remember. <laughs> I don't really know. <laughs> and he's saying... That's not really useful. <laughs> but in, in, in his explanation of why things need to be interpreted and so forth uh, in, in a context of a group, uh, we get a lot of insights, like I said, to speaking in tongues. Here, and here he said, he who speaks in tongues does not speak to men, but to God. Do you know that every time you speak in tongues, you're talking to God? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Amen. Do you think he's listening? Oh, yeah. oh let's be mindful of that. When we're speaking in other tongues, God is listening. Say, does he know what we're saying? <laughs> Listen, every syllable, every word, everything that might sound like a foreign language that you have never learned, or at whatever sounds like it's uh, you know, not making any sense, it all makes sense to him. Literally, we're speaking words and sentences paragraphs and i don't know if you've ever run out of things to say in english i have you pray in tongues you don't run out why because you're hooked up to the spirit of god who's really speaking through you oh it's wonderful okay he said for no one understands him that answers questions for some people when, when someone speaks in tongues do they know what they're saying no does anybody else? No. 
<laughs> That's the point of this conversation here. That's the point of this discussion. He said, however, in the Spirit, he speaks mysteries. I find that powerful. Any time of the day, I can speak mysteries in the Spirit. I can begin to pray and speak in unknown tongues, and I'm speaking mysteries. You know, the Apostle Paul talked at various times about how about the mystery of Christ and about uh, that he was revealing the mystery uh, to, to his hearers and so forth. Where did he get that mystery? You know, it could have been while he was speaking in tongues, he was, well, we know he was, he was speaking mysteries, and then the Lord showed him what he was saying. That's called an interpretation. Amen. You know, you can speak out mysteries every, every day, and it's not just nothing. It's not just you're speaking into the air and nothing's happening. No, literally, you're speaking out the plan of God. It could be that you're speaking out revelation that's going to come to you or someone else. It could be you're praying about someone that you don't know about. Amen. There, there can be so many things attached. Well, so how, how do I know? Just keep going. There's a lot happening. I, I believe that as we're praying in tongues, angels are moving. The plan of God is coming about. And revelation comes to us. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Sometimes we come in a service. And there's moves and people get healed. People respond to the altar call and get saved. Tremendous things happen. And we think, isn't that nice? I don't think we always know the connection of someone who was praying in the Spirit that week or a month prior. Or I don't know the, the, the boundaries of that. And then we came and just saw the outwards part of it. See, we ought not think that everything just happens separate from prayer. It doesn't. And a lot of this takes place in the Spirit. Do you think God has a plan for your life? I mean, we know that theologically, that He has something for every one of us. Well, what is it? I tell you, a lot of times people don't know. And I tell you, even for my life, there's a lot about it I don't know. I know some. I don't know it all. It's a mystery to me. Might be a mystery to you. What should you do? Pray it out. Pray out that mystery. Yeah, you can pray with absolutely zero knowledge of what it is. And you begin to speak in other tongues. Just pray it out, pray it out, pray it out, pray it out. You know, a lot of times what we're living in today is the result of what we prayed in prior years. And if you plan on living for a while, might want to get to speaking in tongues. Why? Because there's a mystery out before you. And as you pray it out, some of those things God will reveal to you. And you'll see it. And you'll come up against it. And you'll know what steps to take. And things will all be set up before you get there. Why? already prayed about amen and so in the spirit he speaks mysteries but he who prophesies speaks edification and exhortation and comfort to men all right so prophecy simply is basically you could say prophecy is speaking in tongues but in a known tongue if i'm speaking in tongues i'm speaking by inspiration of the spirit but i don't know what i'm saying if I'm prophesying, I'm speaking by inspiration of the Spirit, and I know what I'm saying. I know what the Word is. 
okay? But notice it's edification, exhortation, and comfort to men. That's a simple gift of prophecy. That's not necessarily uh, the ministry of a prophet. That, that can go deeper, all right? But every Christian can prophesy. And you, you understand this, the average, the average Joe Christian is not going to stand up in a, in a group setting or in a church service like this and start rebuking everybody. That's not what simple prophecy is. Yeah, you guys are, you know, <laughs> and just start correcting the church. And no, no. If there's any kind of correction or something that can come, that would be more of the, the prophet's office. You know, something of that nature, as opposed to just a believer who comes in and is a little bit irritated about things, so they stand up and, and prophesy. <laughs> we do realize that that can happen. People can think, uh, and they've been watching, they've been seeing some things, and, and all of a sudden they feel inspired. And they just want to get on some people's case and, you know, have their way known. So it's called divine influence. <laughs> but it's not really divine. It's not the Lord. All right. You want to be involved in prophecy, thank God. We should. He said, I, I think you ought to. Paul said that. Uh, here's what it's going to include. Edification is going to lift and build people up. Edification, exhortation, and comfort. Okay. It's not about tearing down. It's about building people up. Is it, aren't you glad that's the biggest part of what the church is supposed to be about? It's not about beating people up. It's about lifting them up. Amen? Amen. And uh, anyway, he goes on to say, verse 5, I wish that you all spoke with tongues, but even more that you prophesied. What did he wish for everyone? That everyone would speak in tongues. You know, the end, the end of this chapter, he said, he told them, do, do not forbid to speak with tongues. I wish more people would acknowledge his words today. Because how many know a lot of people do just the opposite of this? Oh, no, you can't do that. Oh, no, that's not accepted. Churches have split over this very issue. Well, one part goes one way, the other part goes the other way. Why? Because of speaking in tongues. Like it's such a, almost like it's a devil word. But lo and behold, there it is in the Bible. In the New Testament. He said, I wish that you all spoke with tongues, but even more that you prophesied, for he who prophesies is greater than he who speaks with tongues, unless he, re unless he interprets that the church may receive edification. That last line tells you why he says that. Some have, I, I've heard some try to minimize the value of speaking in tongues in the individual's life, saying, well, it's, not, it's a lesser thing. It's not as important as prophecy. That's contextual. It's in the setting of the church that prophecy is better. All right. And, and he, goes, he goes on to say, where does he say it? Well, he says it somewhere in here. We'll get, we'll get to it. But basically, when someone speaks in tongues and interprets, it's equal to prophecy. Verse 13, it's the same thing as prophecy. Okay, so we don't minimize by a verse like this and say, well, the speaking in tongues part isn't important. Listen, it's, hu it's huge important. It's huge important. Uh, where are we at? Did, did I read verse 4? I want to say more about that. Uh, let's go back to 4. <laughs> he who speaks in a tongue edifies himself. See, this is where he's emphasizing prophecy because it edifies the church, but we get this understanding now about speaking in tongues. Why should that be a normal and regular part of my life? 
because I get edified by it. It helps me. It builds me up. Now, it's true that the focus of our lives is not self, and definitely the focus of our gathering is not self. It's not I come for me, you come for you. It's I come for you, you come for me, we come for each other. However, in the middle of this, I need to know that when I speak in tongues, I get stronger. I get I get benefited by speaking in tongues just like when a person in a service speaks in a known language that we all benefit from that. In that same way, when I speak in tongues, I benefit from that. You know, it, it's, it's very common for people to have the mindset that if we need strengthened, then we immediately go to somebody else to help strengthen us. But the Bible tells us how we can do it all by ourselves. You know, the church would be a much stronger uh, entity if every individual would strengthen themselves on a daily basis. They would get that rest and that refreshing, and they would get built up. Amen. It doesn't exclude the need for our body and for one another. But I tell you what, when we are individually strong and we are corporately motivated, we become a mighty force in the hand of God. But too many times, and don't, don't let this be, be condemning to you. Let it be an, an encouragement and a direction for your future. But many times we come dragging in. We're just dragging in. You know what I'm saying? And we're, I mean, thank God you're dragging into church and not the bar. But however, uh, I think we might uh, be more helped if we would speak in tongues and say, thank you, Lord, I'm getting stronger. Yeah. Speaking tongues, 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 tongues. <laughs> thank you, Lord, I'm getting stronger. I'm being edified as I, as I move. Okay, let's go on. Uh, back to verse 6. Now, I, brethren, when I, if I come to you speaking with tongues... What shall I profit you unless I speak to you either by revelation, by knowledge, by prophesying, or by teaching? Even things without life, whether flute or harp, when they make a sound, unless they make a distinction in the sounds, how will it be known what is piped or played? For, it, for if the trumpet makes an uncertain sound, who will prepare for battle? So you can see how, how they would direct their, their troops at times as they would do it with musical notes. And if they gave the wrong note... <laughs> There could be chaos on the battlefield, right? And, and so he, he, this is the illustration he's using. So likewise you, unless you utter by tongue words easy to understand, how will it be known what is spoken for you will be speaking into the air? That's the example I gave earlier of me coming in here and just preaching my sermon in tongues. There are, it may be, so many kinds of languages in the world, and none of them is without significance. Therefore, I do, I do not know the meaning of the language. Did I read that right? If I do not know the meaning of the language, I shall be a foreigner to him who speaks, and he who speaks will be a foreigner to me. All right, and and that's again, it's one of the reasons we do some, we say some of these things because sometimes people come in, and this is a believers' meeting, but people trickle in sometimes that don't really know much uh, about what we're doing, and uh, you know we don't check people's spiritual card at the door, and and uh, <laughs> did you pray in tongues today? 
Are you, you know what I'm saying? We, we don't know that. And if you move on without explanation or you begin to do some of these things, uh, we are as a foreigner to some. And they're foreigner to us, and there's just no understanding uh, that's coming together here. Uh, verse 12, uh, even so you, since you are zealous for spiritual gifts, let it be for the edification of the church that you may seek to excel. That just, again, without going through that in detail, that's another message. But that's the motive, primary motivation when we gather together is the edification, not just of ourselves, but of the body of one another we seek for everyone to be edified and built up therefore let him him who speaks in a tongue pray that he may interpret all right isn't this good do you speak in tongues if you do the bible says you should pray that you may interpret why because that allows you to be edifying to others as well as yourself now this is not directly i don't think the intention here but you know that even when you're not in a public gathering and you're praying in other tongues in your own home or in the car, you can also seek to interpret your tongues. And sometimes what that'll come out to be is you'll get revelation and understanding from the Word. Why? Because you spoke in tongues and you asked God to show you what it was. Oh, yeah. And other times it's you are praying for someone else that you know. And you prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed in tongues and seemed good. And, and, but you just really didn't know. And you asked the Lord for the interpretation and he shows you exactly what you were praying about. Sometimes it's the mystery of your own life. Amen. And you have direction now. I don't know if you've ever lacked direction in your life. I take it by that, that that's true. <laughs> Well, I have at times as well. And, uh, and constantly I'm seeking God concerning the future because I need to be led. I need to know what to do. I don't want to do my own plan. And I tell you, the vast majority of what I've received from the Lord as far as direction and knowing what to do has come during or as a result of praying in other tongues. That's why it's become such a habit and a practice in my life in fact, I didn't know, you know, we approached these services without a plan, but I was praying in tongues. And I knew as I was praying in tongues that I should talk about praying in tongues. <laughs> That's what I knew for this service. Amen. And so take note to that, by the way. I could have talked about this anytime. The Lord stirred me specifically to deal with it now. I believe it's connected not only to a general practice all the days of our Christian life, but it is connected to what he wants to do in you now and what's coming up. You don't always know what's coming up. Neither do I. He does. And sometimes when we get stirred or reminded in his mercy, he reminds us of what we should have been doing. Come on. The Lord's he regularly does that with the whole body of Christ. Sometimes even sends revivals. We call them revivals because the church dropped something like the spirit-filled life so we'd send revivals you know and they call them the charismatic move and and uh, and different things and that different outpourings why it's because people aren't walking in what they should have been walking in so god in his mercy reminds us amen, amen. these things are always available to us so anyway the lord stirs us up and he's stirring us up now because something 
something big, something important, something that requires you to pray about it, something that requires us to be knowledgeable of, but it comes through speaking in tongues and our minds being enlightened to it. Some things need to be fixed. I'm telling you, there's junk in the world. I'm telling you, there's things that are out there in front of us that are messed up. And like John the Baptist came to prepare the way of the Lord to make those paths straight, uh, some things need to be straightened out in front of us. So that we walk in and go, hey, this is nice, nice smooth road. What happened? Somebody prayed. Somebody got in the Spirit. Somebody spoke in another tongue. And they they did it for more than five minutes. Know what I'm talking about? I'm not talking about righteousness with God. I'm talking about getting the job done. Sometimes you have to stay with things. Sometimes people don't know the depths of what can happen in their spirit-filled life because they never, they never get in the spirit and pray long enough to really see anything happen. That's why we emphasize in some of these services, sometimes people aren't used to worshiping God and waiting on the Lord for longer than a few minutes, and so they never know what's out there. They never find out what the potential of the presence of Almighty God manifest on them is like. Oh, it's outstanding. But sometimes we're in too big of a hurry so we never get there. And it's like we're hanging out in the foyer. You know, we we peeked in, spoke in tongues for five minutes, went back in the foyer. And there's so much more to see. So much more to experience. Ooh, glory to God. He said, He said, let him pray that he may interpret for verse 14. For if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, and my under, uh, but my understanding is fruitful. So what happens when we speak in tongues? It's not coming out of your mind. It's coming out of your spirit. Your spirit is praying. I think it's the Amplified Bible that says, my spirit by the Holy Spirit prays. There is a direct connection. Isn't that a huge benefit? I can be directly connected and speaking by inspiration anytime I want. I want to. That's a good habit to be in. Amen. He said, but my understanding is unfruitful. That means I'm I'm twiddling my thumbs in my brain. My mind doesn't know what I'm saying. Okay. He said, "What, what is the conclusion then? I will pray with the Spirit. I will also pray with the understanding. I will sing with the Spirit. I will also sing with the understanding. Do you notice the language there, I will? Someone said, you can't turn the Holy Spirit on and off anytime you want to. Well, uh, the Spirit of God is never off. It's only you and I that go off. All right? It's not about, it's, not about, it's just about we, we decide to yield to the one who's always there, who's always on, who's always ready. You know what I'm talking about? Sometimes we have to kind of warm up in the morning. You know, you kind of get things going and, and you're kind of groggy or something. Uh, as soon as you wake up, the Holy Spirit's full on. Yep. <laughs> full power. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? He, he's always ready. And so that's why Paul said, I will do this. I don't have to wait for a special move to speak in tongues. I don't have to wait for a special flow. Well, when it gets really good and the music's just right. It just comes out of me. Well, listen, it can come out. I think one of the best times is when everything seems not right. (laughs) It's when I don't feel like doing it. It's like I want to do anything else but be spiritual. 
It's time to connect my voice to the Spirit of God and let Him speak through me. Amen. He said, I'll do that. That means it's up to you. I know sometimes, I guess some people have had this confusion about the baptism in the Spirit. They thought, when I get filled with the Spirit and speak in tongues, like, will that just happen? Like, like maybe at the grocery store, I'm, you know, ch- checking out, and I'm giving my money, and all of a sudden it comes out. And uh, actually, no, that's not the way that works. It's an act of our will. Praise the Lord. But he said, I will. This is interesting, though. Check this out. I will speak with the understanding. You know, in context, that's the interpretation. Listen to this now. This shows me that when I operate in this, tongues and interpretation, it becomes up to me. So I can decide to pray for the interpretation and then do it. Well, praise the Lord. Otherwise, verse 16, if you bless with the Spirit, he who occupies the place of the uninformed, uh, how will he who occupies the place of the uninformed say amen at your giving of thanks? He does not understand what you say, for you indeed give thanks well, but the other is not edified. Notice that language. Again, he's making a point, but in making that point, he gives us revelation. When I pray in other tongues, I'm giving thanks. Oh, yeah. He said, when you speak in other tongues, you're giving thanks well what am i doing i'm thanking god i'm not only edifying myself i'm not only speaking out mysteries unto god i am thanking god it becomes i don't know a perfect expression of your thanksgiving in worship it doesn't do away with the need for us to have our mind engaged in our praise and worship at times but this is a spiritual part of it where we can do this and speak in other tongues thank god we're give you're doing a good job worshiping him and giving him thanks when you're speaking in tongues. Amen. I don't know if you've just ever come to the end of yourself. And you wanted to worship God. And it seemed like, ah, oh, I just want to worship God more. I don't know what else to say. He does. He knows what else to say. It can come right through you. What a blessing. Amen. He said, yet in the church I'd rather speak five words with my understanding uh, that I may teach others also than 10,000 words in a, in a tongue. All right. Now, when he says that about the church, sometimes people have gone to, I think, to an extreme, and they've said, well, you see, you can't speak in tongues in church. Well, that again depends on the context of the church. All right. The point is here, we want to be edifying to all people. But what if we are all like worship? When we sing in a known tongue and that kind of stuff, how many know we're all singing together at the same time and worshiping God? In the book of Acts, you'll, you'll read that they, got, they gathered together and they all lifted their voice at the same time in prayer. All right. How many understand that if we, if we were to uh, lift our voice here tonight and all speak in tongues together, we're all edified? Yep. Amen. There, there are times when, it's, when that can be right and it can be appropriate, and there's times when it's out, when it's out of order. There's t- times, especially if you have a lot of unbelievers and that's the design of the service and everyone's just speaking in tongues and, you know, Susie Charismatic is, woo, you're just going off and, and, uh, and Joe Sinner's right next to her going, 
what in the world have I gotten myself into? He's not being edified, and that can be kind of interesting. You did that, didn't you? No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Uh, But there's also opportunity when people are... um, uh, when people are knowledgeable of what happened or when there's an explanation or when you're in a, in a believer's meeting or a prayer meeting, what are you going to do? We're all going to lift our voice together. Amen. And that's not what he's, come, he's saying that that's not appropriate. Amen. The secret is, is here is to be edifying to others in a church gathering where you've got both believers, you've got uninformed believers, and you've got unbelievers. And it's the sensitivity to, to know whom... Uh, who, who you're ministering to that can sometimes guide the proper um, usage of some of the gifts. Yeah. Amen. 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 But, I, but again, if, if you've got a group of people and they're all lifting their voice and speaking in other tongues, that can be a very powerful thing. It really can. It can be, very, can be a very anointed thing and they can all be edified and all be strengthened. Amen. He, he said, brethren, do not be children in understanding. However, in malice be babes, but in understanding be mature. All right. And then he went on to say, and the lot is written, written with men of other tongues and other lips. I will speak to this people. Remember we read that? Yet for all that they will not hear me, says the Lord. And so uh, there, there's more in, the, in, this, in this passage of Scripture, uh, this chapter, and, and uh, just some really exciting things. But I really believe the Lord wants us to be stirred up here tonight to operate in what we know. We are Spirit-filled. Amen. We are empowered by the Lord. He's given us ability to, to walk in the supernatural power of God at any moment at any time in our lives. And the results of that can be absolutely tremendous in personal edification. And then we get together, what? We're edified, we're strengthened so we can then edify somebody else. Amen.